And so, ladies and gentlemen, I believe one of the most powerful messages the Lord gives us through the writings of St. Faustina, through these promises that he is not dead, that he is truly alive, and he is here to help us, and he is here to fill us with his grace, and he is here to live through us so that we take him into our homes, in our families, our workplaces, our schools. He's living and breathing through us. And through the promises that he gives St. Faustina, he gives us so much opportunity to do so much good. I'd like to share with you about something very important, putting in a historical perspective of why Jesus came to us in the 1930s, why he came to Poland at that time. And very specially too, as we remember this, we're recalling that it was in uh, actually in 1935, on September 13th, that Sister Faustina saw this year we'll be selling the 80th anniversary. It's going to be 80 years this September 13th and 14th. This happened to be Friday the 13th. And on this evening, uh, this day, Sister Faustina had a vision of an angel of wrath. And she saw he had lightning flashes to and fro, and he was getting ready to destroy, to, to, to send down a judgment, a punishment upon the earth, but in particular, a certain place. And she was praying fervently that this destruction would not take place, but her prayers weren't working. However, eventually she was taken into the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and she heard these words, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us. And as she continued to say these words, the angel became powerless. The next day, September the 14th, as she was entering the chapel that Sunday morning, that Saturday morning, she heard Jesus say to her, repeat that prayer I taught you yesterday. And she writes in her diary the whole prayer, except now he adds on the end, have mercy on us and on the whole world. What feast day do we celebrate on September 14th? The exaltation of the cross. We're given this prayer, offering the body and blood of Jesus on the exaltation of the cross. It all fits. And this year is the 80th anniversary where we are given this powerful prayer that has withheld the angel of wrath. Father Sapochko wanted to know, he said, but why was that city going to be destroyed? She said, now you can't write this in the diary because it's in Father Sapochko's writings. She says, why was that city going to be destroyed? And, and, and uh, he asked her, and she said, for the sins committed there. And he said, any sin in particular? She said, yes, the taking the infant of the womb, of the womb, from the womb, the most grievous crime of all. She was talking about the sin of abortion. This is in Poland, 1935. Father uh, Serafim Michalenko, one of the Marian fathers, who actually um, brought the uh, photographs of the diary of Sister Faustine in the late 1970s. The Jesuits had taken photographs of the diary pages because nothing could go in or out 
on film, brought it back to Massachusetts, they developed the film, and from there, they published the first Polish diary, and then got good translations, and then the first English diary. So Father Seraphim has been has spent his whole life on this. He's our, our mentor, and um, I believe a living saint. And uh, Father Sopochko had found, I mean, Father Seraphim had found out that the city of Warsaw, which we believe is the city she was speaking about, was known as the abortion capital of Eastern Europe between World War I and World War II. And we thought, how could this be? How could this beautiful Catholic nation, and in the 1930s, how could this be? Couldn't it have been legal? Well, very interesting, as we were doing some research about this, we, re we found out something um, pretty remarkable. And it really goes back to even at the Fatima message. Remember when Our Lady appeared to the children in Fatima and she says, if we don't consecrate Russia, it will spread its ears all over the world. This was in 1917. And um, are you going to that, Dave? Okay, we're gonna put that. So, but one of the first things that happened, one of the, what the communists did is when they got into power, they put women into the workforce. This is from a, a documentary by Human Life International. When they put women into the workforce, this had a tremendous impact on the, the social life and family dynamics. And another thing that they did in 1920, they made abortion on demand available. They said because there were all these underground doctors that were not supposed to be doing, uh, performing abortions was illegal, but it was still going on. And it was becoming so common, they said, well, we might as well make it available so women can come into the hospitals and have abortions. This is the same rhetoric that we had here in the United States in the 70s. So in communist Russia, they made abortion on demand available uh, for little or no cost, but it became so prevalent that the hospitals were being overrun. Joseph Stalin, who was a terrible dictator, an evil man, he didn't like abortion though. He, he wanted to build up his population. We need to remember where Poland was situated, and we, we usually show the map, but Poland to the west is Nazi Germany, to the east is communist Russia. I mean, it's sandwiched right in between, like an Oreo cookie, you know? It's got evil access on both sides. In the year 1932, up until 1932 in Poland, abortion wasn't available for any reason. It didn't matter. But in 1932, surprisingly, the penal code was, was loosened. And they now made exceptions. They said for the health of the mother, if, if the mother's health is at risk, we'll perform abortion. However, they also said, um, or, and this was for the first time in Europe, for a criminal act, a woman could come in and have an abortion. What does that mean? That means I, if I go in and I say I've been raped, I could have the abortion. And this made it very easy now for women to come in and have abortion. And so this is what opened up Pandora's box. This is how Warsaw, which was a beautiful, very modern city, very cosmopolitan, so women could come from not just Poland, from all over Europe, and they can have an abortion. A few days ago, I was talking to a Polish priest who told me, yes, I, he said, you're absolutely right. He said, in fact, between 1932 and 1939, when uh, Poland was divided, almost one year after Sister Faustina uh, died, she died on October 5th, 
but almost to the day, the following year, Poland was split in two. It no longer existed. Germany took one half, and uh, communist Russia took the other half. And he said between uh, 1932 and 1939, he says there was about, they estimate one million abortions happened in Poland. We had been doing some research uh, in the summer of 2012, and we had come across various passages in the diary where Sister Faustina was told to pray for her country, to appease God's anger, and because of its ingratitude. And one time she said that the Lord lifted the veil for her for just a moment, and she said for such grave transgressions, if we had been met with uh, the greatest chastisements, it still would have been God's mercy. And this is why we were trying to, to research what was going on, what was going on. And then we remembered these passages. And now she said, the taking the infant of the womb, the most grievous crime of all. But so isn't it just really remarkable how when Jesus appeared to Sister Faustina, it was in 1931. Jesus said, my mercy is greater than your sins and then the whole world. The greater the sinner, the greater the right to my mercy. And if the taking the infant of the womb is the most grievous crime of all, how does he respond? He comes down from heaven, comes down to this holy Catholic nation that the devil is waging war against because he's going after the, the cream of the crop, the people that are most devout, most devoted, a holy land, trying to, to, to end life. He comes with his message of mercy. And St. Faustina, he told her, pray for your country. Pray, the, pray a novena of the litany of the saints. And as she prayed the novena at the end, Jesus would appear and he would say, because of your, your prayers, I am blessing your country. One time Sister Faustina was praying for Russia. She said, I'm praying for that poor country. I'm offering all my prayers and sacrifices. And she heard the Lord say, do not tie my hands, my daughter. I cannot suffer that country any longer. And St. Faustina said she understood that it had not been for the prayers of souls that are pleasing to God, that whole nation would have been annihilated long ago, that nation which had banished God from its borders. Wow. And this made us think, if he was angry with Poland back in the 1930s, how angry could he be now? How hurt? How ungracious are we? But we must remember, although Poland suffered bitterly, although great turmoil came to that country, so many people died, out of the rubble, what arose? That diary survived. Some of the convents, bombs fell on the convents. Some of them were burned. St. Faustina's wasn't. Her diary survived. A young man by the name of Carol Wojtyla is able to go into the underground to become a priest. He becomes a bishop, an archbishop, a cardinal, a pope. Who would have thought we would have a Polish pope? I believe this is all the blessings of God's divine mercy. Now what happened, and then he brought on this solidarity movement. Now what happened going back to Poland after the war, after the war, of course, the, the, the place is devastated. The communists come in, into power. So as the communists and the country starts to rebuild, toward the late 1950s, things start to settle in. But then through the Soviet health care program, guess what they make available again? Abortion on demand. 
So in the late 1950s, and you can Google it, I Googled to see what the statistics were. The abortion statistics start to mount. Surprisingly, during the 1960s and the 1970s, there were about, on average, of a quarter of a million abortions every year for two decades. We didn't legalize abortion here until 1973. This is what Human Life International brings up. This is what was going on behind the Iron Curtain. This is the evil axis. Taking the infant from the womb in these communist countries was very common, very normal. And women were having multiple abortions. But when you're looking at the statistics, we see that in the year 1981, all of a sudden they dropped in half. And through the entire 80s, it's hovering around 100,000, from 250, 225,000 to 100,000. And I was thinking, well, why? What happened? Who became Pope in 1978? John Paul II. Uh, Newt Gingrich did a, uh, they did a wonderful documentary called Nine Days That Changed the World. In 1979, Pope John Paul II goes back, St. John Paul II goes back to Poland. The first place he went was Dominican Republic, then he went to, to, to Our Lady Guadalupe in Mexico City, patroness of the unborn. The next place he goes is to Poland. And we know priests, we know uh, uh, Poles that were there. They said Pope John Paul II gets off the plane, kisses the ground, and he says, Holy Spirit, renew this land. And it was wildfire. And the spirit of oppression was lifted. People couldn't even gather in the streets. They couldn't pray. And they didn't care. They, there were hundreds and thousands of them gathering to listen to the Pope. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. The solidarity movement was born. People were, were gathering in the shipyards and they were having mass and the communists would tear down the cross and they would still come back and have mass. You can close our churches, but you can't take our faith away from us. And the spirit was renewed within them. So much so that Poland became the first Warsaw Pact country to oust the communists in 1989. Remember when that Berlin Wall came down? Weren't we, didn't we all have our mouths going, what the heck? It wasn't because we dropped bombs or we had a big fight. All of a sudden, this wall's coming down, one country after the other. The communists are ousted out of Poland. In 1993, they had a people's referendum. And this referendum, the people said, we reject abortion now for any reason. It came from the people, not from the political parties, not from the lawyers, it came from the people. And the people said, we reject abortion in any reason. 1993 just happens to be the year that Sister Faustina was beatified. The abortion statistics start to tumble. And you'll see that by the year 2000, the year that Sister Faustina was canonized, there was just 138 abortions in Poland total. And now Poland is considered the most pro-life country in the world. In fact, there are only two countries in Europe. It's Poland and Malta, where abortion is still to this day not available. And our hope is that if it happened in Poland, why can't it happen here? All we need to do is turn to our Lord Jesus with trust in his love, trust in his mercy, he comes to us with a message of reconciliation. So many have been hurt. So many have been wounded. So many lives have been damaged 
through not only the sin of abortion, but all the other, the infidelities, the pornographies, the rejection, the hurt, but Jesus comes to heal us and to overcome every terrible thing that the devil wants to throw at us and to get us out of the muck. And we're so privileged because this power rests with us. What did St. Faustina say? If it hadn't been for the prayers of souls that are pleasing to God, and Sister Faustina reminds us, it doesn't take a whole lot of people. She was one little humble nun. And look what great good came from that. And we might not have a lot of people here today, and there might be hundreds and thousands of people out there that have completely rejected God, forgotten about God, but you know what? They don't matter. You matter. I matter. And our trust in God. And so our Divine Mercy for America program, the first part of it is nurturing our personal holiness, making sure that we're better Catholics today than we were yesterday and tomorrow stronger. How many of us, when we first heard about Medjugorje, we were great fasters? How many of us were going to daily mass? How many of us were spending time in holy hours? And how many of us have kind of waned from that? All of us can get back to the basics and become stronger, better Catholics. Because the holier we are, the more efficacious are our prayers. Sister Faustina one time meditated on the passion of Jesus. She united herself with the sacrifice of the Mass, said throughout the world, and the Lord showed her by that simple prayerful meditation, 1,000 souls received grace. What if we multiplied it by there's 20 of us here? That's 20,000 people that we could affect. My spiritual director said, yes, Joan, but she was a very holy woman. So that's why that first part is so important. Okay, maybe we don't affect a thousand. How about five? How about 10? You know, every day better and better. And then we want to do the prayers. We gave you a little card when you came in, um, the Divine Mercy for America card. The top part of the card is removable, and on the back it has the simple four-part plan. The first part is nurturing personal holiness. You all know what you need to do to grow in holiness, spiritual reading, mass, confession, all those things. The second part, what were the things that Jesus told St. Faustina to do, to do to, uh, for her, specifically for her country? She offered all her daily prayers and sacrifices every day she was praying for her country, but specifically there were four novenas, the novena of the Litany of the Saints, and, uh, hours of adoration, holy communions, and the chaplet of mercy. We encourage everybody to try to make these novenas once a month, however often you can, just once in your life, but offering it specifically for the re-Christianization of this nation. Divine Mercy for America is not a nationalistic program because we say have mercy on us and on the whole world and we're spreading this campaign. We've got it going in Canada, in the Trinidad and Tobago, in Nigeria, and our hope and prayer is that all countries will be praying for theirs, like St. Faustina prayed for Poland, to have the same effect there. We also want to utilize the promises of the divine mercy to the fullest, getting that image out there everywhere as a source of grace, making sure that on the Feast of Mercy, if we were all asking for an end to all occult practices in our country, human trafficking, you know, all the things that are, are plaguing our society, we could do it, but we're not asking. The Feast of Mercy comes once a year, but the Lord also tells us, remember my passion at the three o'clock hour, 
anything for yourselves or others for the asking, I will grant. So every day to just remember that three o'clock hour, Lord, bless our country. Give us holy leaders, Lord, and the evil that's in my family. Get rid of pornography. Get rid of all these addictions that we have. Make us a holy nation. The Lord will hear our prayers. The only limitation is the amount of trust. The Lord says the more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. So we hope that this program tonight has drawn you closer, better understanding for the power of the message, the power of the promises, and that you will join us in doing part four, spreading this message to everyone you know, everyone you meet, primarily through your deeds, also through your words, and last but not least, through your prayers. We ask you to fill this out. We wanna keep in touch with you. We send like an email once a month. We, we ask people to, to do the novenas at the beginning of the month. Of course, it's just a suggestion, but to remind us all, start on the first and go nine days. It's easy to follow along. And we're in that nine day time. So right now we're going to turn to Jesus and um, conclude tonight with praying that litany of the saints and also the chaplet of mercy. We'll fill out your card, you leave it in the basket. Put your prayer intention on the back. These are all sent to the National Shrine in Massachusetts. So put a good one down. And um, uh, trust that the Lord hears you, loves you, and will answer your prayer uh, as God would will it. And now as you came in, we had a little flyer that's got that litany of the saints. Um, it's a powerful litany. We also have prayer cards with this available. We just ask a dollar donation. They're on a very nice, durable card. And this also is, uh, has many of the quotes. I think it's the same as your flyer, but it's just much more durable. So, And uh, just to, to help us regroup and uh, refocus on the true presence of Jesus with us here tonight. And, and he's in the tabernacle. We don't have him exposed on the altar. But through the image of the divine mercy, he really does help us focus as Jesus truly is here with us right now and ask for a super abundance of graces for yourselves, for our families, for this city, this country, and indeed the whole world. Thank you, Jesus. I will come to you.